Do you think you'd make good cops? Um, yeah, I think so. I have a heart of a cop, but I don't have the ability to deal with the angry confrontation. I have the heart of a bear, but I have the body of a cop. <laughs> I think I'd be perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Story Hole. My name is Judge Roger. I'm Corporal Kevin. Uh, I am a member of the Foot Clan. You can just call me Joey. <laughs> hey, what do you guys know about Judge Dredd? Uh, that there was a remake and it's bright. Judge Dredd? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's bright and beautiful. I remember being kind of dark and, and sullen. But there's like there's a drug that they take, and then the dr- when they take the drug, it gets like really rainbowy. Oh, yeah. that's right. This is from a movie. It was originally a comic book series that's been – it's been running forever since like 1977 or something. But they made a movie version in 2012 with um, Carl Urban who until I started researching for this episode, I thought was the same guy as Keith Urban, the country musician. And I thought he was just incredibly talented. He could do it all. But it's a different guy. There's also a 1995 version with Sylvester Stallone. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. It was just awful I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I don't remember that but I remember Sylvester. Yeah. I can remember his chin poking out the bottom uh-huh that's kind of the judge dread thing is they wear a helmet but you can only see their mouth and their chin poking out yeah the judge dread world is pretty interesting though uh, and kind of oddly prophetic with the way things are going in our real world today, actually. A lot of the stuff that leads to the pretty dark vision of what the future is like in Judge Dredd are very similar to what's happening in our current political situation. Cool. Great. I can't wait to really get into the United States political and economic system. <laughs> uh, yeah, you made some pretty loaded accusations there, Roger. I think you're going to have to back that up. <laughs> this is official. It's official, though, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of a special episode, right? This is a special political episode. Okay. So buckle up. Yeah, I'm going to put my helmet on. That has my chin sticking out. <laughs> Let's start in the year 2068. By this point in time, the United States consists of what are called mega cities. Basically, as the population grew, the borders of cities spread until they were just these giant urban sprawls. So the border of one city would run straight into the next city and into the next city until there's just huge stretches of city that go on for like thousands of miles. Imagine if Los Angeles stretched all the way to San Diego in the south and all the way to San Francisco in the north and then all the way up to Sacramento and and Portland and Seattle. And it was just one endless city from Mexico to Canada. That's a mega city. There's two of those in the U.S. There's Mega City One, which is the whole East Coast spreading from the tip of Florida to the tip of Maine. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Tip to tip, the whole East Coast. (laughs) <laughs> and, and Mega City 2, which is the whole West Coast from Mexico to Canada. And the population for these cities is like 800 million. To put that into perspective, the population of the U.S. right now is 325 million. So these are super densely populated cities that go on for thousands of miles. They just stack people on top of each other? Yeah, basically. There's huge <laughs> blocks, huge uh, apartment buildings. We'll talk about those in a minute, too. Oh, okay. There's one other city, too. It's called Texas City, which is all of Texas and Louisiana. But they kind of do their own thing. They don't factor into the story too much. They're kind of an independent mega city that's uh, slightly smaller and and kind of different in a lot of ways. So we're going to ignore Texas City. But that's what the world looks like in 2060. Uh, It's just uh, dominated by these giant urban sprawling centers. Now, we're going to jump to 2068 because 2068 is an election year. And there's a really heated presidential election going on. One of the candidates is a man named Robert Booth. And in a storyline that's oddly relevant to our current political situation, Booth's campaign is based on instigating a bunch of anger and outrage by pushing the idea that the rest of the world is mooching off of the U.S. and they're taking advantage of our country's success. 
and his promise that he's going to come in and put a stop to that by standing up for America. And then in another relevant plot point, Booth wins by cheating. He has his team hack the presidential voting system and he's declared the winner. This is crazy. Yeah. So Booth becomes president and Booth is just a total asshole. Uh, he starts making ridiculous, unbased demands of the rest of the world, like uh, demanding that other countries pay way too much money for ridiculous trade deals for no reason. And when the other countries don't agree, he threatens to just nuke them, which escalates and escalates until eventually it, it actually happens. Uh, there's a nuclear war. They call it the Atomic Wars. And the whole world is nuked, including the U.S. Luckily, uh, the megacities are protected. They had just installed this experimental laser system that could shoot down missiles that were incoming. And it shot down the nukes before they could hit Mega City 1 and Mega City 2. So everything that isn't on the coasts, everything that isn't part of the megacities is just a nuclear wasteland at this point. They call it the Cursed Earth. Wow. And the Cursed Earth isn't totally abandoned. It's got the remnants of the people that lived there and, and survived the nuclear war. But now they're mutants and they're, and they're monsters, and they're just kind of struggling to continue living however they can. It's a, it's a pretty bad situation. Let's talk about what the megacities are like inside. Even Roger, yeah. can you give them a name? <laughs> yeah. Um, Megacity 1 is named Joey. Wow. Megacity Mega City 2, surprisingly, is named Kevin. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. It's it's weird how prophetic the story is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have my Mega City someday. Mega City Sunday. <laughs> like on the radio. <laughs> yeah. We're on the radio now. <laughs> it's weird how prophetic that is. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what the Mega Cities are like. Um, even before the Atomic Wars, they're super overpopulated. They're really crowded. And people live in these giant high-rises that they call blocks. And a block can house 50,000 people or more. Wow. So imagine just huge apartment buildings. And they're basically miniature cities within themselves. Like you could live your whole life in a block without ever having to leave. There's markets and stores and gyms and, and everything you could need. So people live their whole lives within their blocks. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> just a gym and a market. A gym and a market, yeah. I just need to, to fuel up and then, and then pump, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, I thought you meant J-I-M. <laughs> Jim Halpert. Yeah. yeah, that guy's delightful. I need, I need some pranks and some food, and that's all I need. <laughs> a little love. Um, it mm -hmm. sounds like the Mall of America. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like the, that's just California's the Mall of America. Have you ever been to the Mall of America? No, but I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's in Minnesota or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's great. There's probably so many Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy is how many Starbucks there are. Yeah. <laughs> Get, dude, I, I got a story for you. There yeah. was a time when I went into a Starbucks to get a to get a Java, you know, a hot cup of Joe, and then I walked out of the Starbucks, and you're not gonna believe this. Across the street, oh, another Starbucks. Oh, did you get another cup of Joe there? Yeah, you had two of them. <laughs> got a hot latte. Yeah, that's where I, that's where I write my novels. <laughs> Yeah, you ever you ever in line at Starbucks and the and the person ahead of you was like, oh, I need a triple caramel soy milk latte, and you're like, just order a coffee already, you know? <laughs> just get a damn coffee. Yeah, we've got places to go, lady. Yep. Every time, and sometimes I go there and I'm like, hey, can I get a medium? And they're like, oh, you mean a a grande? Yeah, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, just give me a just call it a medium. <laughs> Is that it? Did we hit all the Starbucks jokes? 
uh, yeah. Well, there's uh, there's one more so. about um, when the holiday season comes around and they have, uh, and sometimes when the holiday season comes around, they put different colored cups up and people are like, I'm from a different religion. You can't have that cup. Uh. And then, I think, what? Yeah. yeah. I think, is it the, isn't it the opposite where they put out a cup that didn't say Christmas on it and people are like, know. oh, it's the war on Christmas. Yes, I don't know. I don't Let's move on. (laughs) The population of the megacities, they're mostly unemployed. All those people that live in those giant blocks, most of them don't have jobs because technology and robotics have advanced to the point where there isn't a lot of need for people to work anymore. So there's a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands in very crowded conditions, which ultimately leads to a lot of crime and a lot of gangs. People are bored and restless and there just isn't really a a lot of respect for human life. So people get kind of kind of violent and kind of shitty to each other. And it gets to the point where some of these gangs get so violent and powerful, there isn't much that the justice system can do. They can kind of just do whatever they want. Because when they're arrested, the courts and the juries in charge of convicting them are so fearful of retribution that they never find the gang members guilty. So basically, street gangs beat our system of law and order. And there's nothing really to keep crime and violence from getting out of hand. Do you think people are inherently bad or inherently good? That's a good question. I think people are inherently good. I think they're chaotic good. Yeah. I think people are inherently bad. I think if uh, there weren't rules and like a threat of some sort of repercussion, people would do these crazy things. Well, of the three of us, I mean, I guess we can just do this as a scientific experiment right now. How many of us are inherently good? I'm good. You're good? I think I am good. Kevin? I I am salty. (laughs) <laughs> that's true i've tasted you i think we've all tasted you a little yeah yeah but just a little bit but now that i've tasted you i can't wait to get more so maybe it's infected me and now i'm salty too maybe we're all inherently salty <laughs> yeah yeah we figured it out i'm chaotic salt <laughs> pepper is what they call it <laughs> so so anyway, crime is just totally out of hand. Um, and the old system of law and justice just isn't working. So the government proposes a new deal, a reworking of the justice system to make it more effective. And this new system throws away the concept of due process. Due process is part of the Constitution. It's, it's basically what says that every person has the right to have their case heard fairly before the government punishes them for an accused crime. And the new system gets rid of that guarantee. It disregards the Constitution. And instead, it's replaced by a new type of law enforcement that is both the police force and the court system in one. And they call these people judges. And the idea is that there are too many opportunities for criminals to beat the old system. They can evade the cops. Lawyers can prove them not guilty even if they are guilty. Uh, Criminals can intimidate the jury or the prosecution. But instead, what if they skip all those in-between steps? If you're caught committing a crime, you're caught by not a cop, but by a judge. And that judge will review your case based on what he's just witnessed, pass the judgment, and carry out the sentence all right there immediately. Is there only one sentence? Uh, no, you can get sentenced to a bunch of different stuff. It's not always just uh, just execution or, or getting shot. You can get sentenced to jail time or to like public service or a fine. How do, how do they enforce public service? I think they just just pick them up and take them away and make them go do stuff. <laughs> You're going to make these sandwiches. <laughs> there is something. There's like hard labor in the world, which is a pretty common sentence. So they'll just pick you up and send you off to a different, a different moon usually. They'll send you to um, – 
to Titan, the moon, what's that, around Saturn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Titan one of the moons of Saturn? Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. They'll send you to, to Titan and make you do hard labor as a punishment. I thought so, they had robots for that. They do, but I mean, it's a it's a good punishment, right? It is a good punishment. Yeah. Titan sucks. Titan sucks. Titan <laughs> sucks up there. It's rude. Hey, come on. We have We probably have listeners from there. <laughs> in the future titan audiences are the best audiences on earth <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare pander to titan roger <laughs> uh but yeah so uh they have a they have a whole system of instant justice and it works great if a judge sees someone commit a crime they're convicted on the evidence the judge has just witnessed and they suffer the penalty immediately so the judges are set out into the streets and uh into the blocks and they clean up the city That's a huge responsibility, though. To make sure that the judges are capable, the process and the requirements for being a judge are intense. The Justice Department develops a whole system so that only the most intelligent, moral, and disciplined people can become judges. Typically, this means that the candidates for judges are started in the Academy of Law training program when they're just kids. And the training program lasts for 15 years. So basically, once they're recruited, they grow up in the judge training program. Uh, So they become adults that only know how to be a judge. And sometimes, if there's a really good judge, they'll just clone him. And they'll take that clone baby and raise him in the training program. But only a small percentage of those cadets will actually pass the training to become full judges. So the street judges are really the best of the best. They're super smart. Uh, super fair, super strong, um, and just like the best specimens of humanity. If they don't graduate, do you think that the they release them back in the wild to be adopted, like oh, uh, yeah. like police dogs? <laughs> like police dogs? Is that yeah. what they do? Well, not in the wild, but you know they put them back into the general public. Are there some police dogs that don't graduate? Yeah, if they're just too friendly. They don't, they I can't. Guess that makes yeah. sense. I never thought about that before. They're just they just not mm-hmm. cut out for that police work, huh? Yeah, they're just too they're too friendly, huh? And like you can adopt a, a police dog that didn't pass. That's just neat, like a judge dread that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have a cute little dread. Yeah. So the judges are out there and they're and they're basically saving the cities, and ultimately they end up ruling the cities because uh, after President Booth's crimes and terrible policies that cause everyone to nuke each other, he's kicked out of office by the Justice Department. And the judges find him guilty of his crimes and sentence him to 100 years of solitary confinement in the deepest, darkest vault of Fort Knox. Jeez. And in order to keep him alive for his 100-year term, they have robots that are constantly replacing his blood to keep him alive. Wow. And instead of the president or the executive branch of, of government ruling the cities now, the cities are governed by the judicial branch, by the judges. And the stories of this world that are told in the comics and the movies center around one of these judges in Mega City One, a judge named Joseph Dredd. And he's the most well-respected and most feared judge. He's super good at his job. And the reason why he's so good is because he's actually a clone of the best judge there ever was. The first judge that started the whole judge system. That's kind of sad. The, f- the first judge that they did, the first one ever, is their best one. Yeah. That does seem weird. Like, why they do- couldn't do any better after that. Years of, of refining this process and stuff. Yeah. And just- first, first try, no warm-up. Yeah, first try, no warm-up. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. But they made a couple clones out of him. There's, there's Joe Dredd. And then his clone brother, whose name is Rico Dread. Oh, I like him. But Rico ended up <laughs> Rico ended up corrupt. He started taking bribes from gangs and extorting money and stuff. And Joe is actually the one that caught him and arrested him and sent his own clone brother off to twenty years of hard labor on Titan. Oh man, that's crazy too. Because yeah. after twenty years, he can still be fresh enough to come back and fight. And actually, that happened. Rico came back after his twenty-year sentence, and he was just furious at at Joe Dredd and was bent on killing him. 
and um, he challenged Joe Dredd to a duel. And Rico had been training while he was on Titan to be like the fastest draw so he could come back and kill Joe Dredd. But he didn't compensate for Earth's gravity being heavier. So he was a little bit slower. (laughs) He just like swings his arm way up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) So so Joe Dredd killed him, killed his own brother. Wow. Which is kind of, that's kind of Dredd's thing though. He's first and foremost a judge. He'll never do anything that that compromises his role um, in serving the law. It's not really his brother either. It's more like another him. It's more like another him, yeah. Yeah, a bad him. I don't know if that's better or worse though. I could kill evil me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I could kill evil you, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would relish it. I think it might change who I am. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe I'm the evil me. <laughs> Kevin, can you do us a favor? Go look in the mirror for a second and see what kind of hate you see in your eyes when you look back at yourself. I uh, See, I'm looking at myself. I don't see any hate. I see excitement. Whoa. It's a tale as old as time. It's, it's inevitable. One of you is going to destroy the other. <laughs> And it's going to be beautiful. Be right back, guys. I'm going to let both inside. She's parked in. Okay. okay. This is the part of the show where we have a secret chat where Roger's not here. Kevin, you're beautiful. Oh, thanks, Joey. I don't believe you. Aren't you going to say it? Are you going to say it back? Say what back? Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, you have a beautiful soul. Thanks, man. Yeah. Let's clone it. <laughs> clone clone your soul. two of them. I want, I want two souls so I can sell one of them. Just in case one of them be, goes bad, then you can still yeah, get into heaven. Expires. Okay. Oh, no, he's coming back. Okay, that's the end of that segment. Called, called Tickle Parade. Bye. Okay, I'm back. Hey. We didn't say a word while you were gone. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about the gun that Dredd uses. All judges are issued the same gun. It's called the Lawgiver. And it's DNA encoded. So if anybody besides the judge that it's issued to tries to use it, it explodes and it blows them up. Or a, or a clone of that judge. Yeah, that's true because they'd have the same DNA so they could probably share them, huh? Yeah. That's what Rico should have done. He should have picked up Dredd's gun and messed it up. Does it explode right away? Yeah, I think as soon as you pick it up. Oh, because if it has a little timer on it, you could just grab it and throw it and then suddenly the judge doesn't have a weapon anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty neat idea, though. It's got a bunch of different settings on it, so you can set it to different kind of bullets depending on what you need. So it has, like, regular bullets, but then you can change it to non-lethal rubber bullets or fire bullets or exploding bullets or whatever. Or Lucky Charms, but just the marshmallows. Yeah. Oh, man. When you wake up, you just shoot yeah. them into your bowl. Just shooting. Full power, <laughs> shoot, these, uh, shoot them at your cereal bowl. Uh, judges are also issued a sweet motorcycle called the Lawmaster. It's got machine guns on it and a laser cannon on the front which is pretty tight. Yeah, tight. So Judge Dredd, he just cruises around on his lawmaster motorcycle and he's just constantly battling crime and corruption and basically keeping the city functioning and keeping the people of the city safe. Um, they have a, a standard issue vest too, right? The, the law Chester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, another cool thing about Judge Dredd is that the comic that tells the story of Dredd runs in real time. Meaning that the time that's depicted passing in the comics is the same as the time that's passing for us in the real world. So every year since the comic started in 1977, Dredd's gotten a year older. Oh, wow. So at this point, he's pretty old. And it also means that at some point, Judge Dredd is going to be too old to be a judge anymore. So he'll have to retire. And when judges retire, they have a choice. They can either take up a desk job position within the Justice Department. But a lot of street judges really don't want to do that because after spending their lives with all the action and adrenaline of the streets, doing word processing and data entry sounds just miserable. So their other option, though, is to take what's called the long walk. 
Remember how I mentioned that after the atomic wars, the only only the mega cities were left, and everything else in between was just a nuclear wasteland mm-hmm. called yeah. the cursed Earth. Mm-hmm. The cursed Earth is not totally abandoned; it's just terrible out there. But there's like little groups, little villages of survivors that are mutated by the nuclear fallout. And they live out there and they try to make the best of it. It's basically like a rough, lawless, wild west feel out there. So they don't really have their own system of justice or their own system of law for the most part. But the judges can't really go out there and enforce their justice because it's it's nuclear. They'll die. So the long walk is an option where the judges can retire into the nuclear wasteland. They'll definitely die out there, but before they do, they can bring some justice to the mutants out in the wasteland. Introduce a third option that seems a little bit more reasonable. Um, like take a sandals vacation to Jamaica? Or something like that. I mean, they already have other planets they can send prisoners to. I'm make a nice one for all these guys who've been spending all their years. Like, <laughs> sandals planet. <laughs> I feel like if I were one of these, like, mutants out in this lawless land and some dudes just show up that aren't even part of my community and start you know yelling at me and making me do stuff and tell me yeah. what i the way i live my life the way i live my fucking yeah. life is <laughs> yeah. wrong yeah get the fuck out of here judge yeah who are you <laughs> you, ever, you ever see those like you ever see those old wild west movies where there's a drifter that comes into town and he saves the town from the the lawless yeah. outlaws yeah. though you know I imagine it's kind of like that. Yeah, maybe there's like people that are living there because out of necessity or whatever, out of circumstance, and they're just, they're getting picked on by the local brutes, and they just want just drive mm-hmm. them out. This this town used to be this town used to be good, and then and then the and then the the, the, the <laughs> marauders came. That is a fun that is a fun mental image. <laughs> <laughs> but Dredd isn't old enough to consider retirement yet. He's uh, he actually has gone on the long walk before though. At one point, he became really disillusioned with the justice system, and he wasn't sure if the whole judge system was right or not. So he went out in the wasteland to kind of retire himself. But he ended up coming back because he left uh, his wallet at home. (laughs) (laughs) But that exposure in the wasteland did give him butt cancer, though. Oh, no. Is that um, true? Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's butt cancer, it's, um, duodenum cancer. That sounds, organ. Is it organ in the butt, though, I think, right? No, it's in the tummy. It's in the tummy? Yeah, tummy area. It's the same spot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all the it same. It all leads there. Guts is guts, yeah. in my opinion. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, Just about a sledge down there. <laughs> he's okay, though. In the current state of the comics, he's uh, he's okay. He's old, but his cancer's okay. You know what you should do is load up some of those medicine bullets into his gun. <laughs> yeah. And then you can just shoot himself a bunch of medicine bullets every time he gets Why haven't they done that? It makes a lot of sense. That's so dumb. Man, I could rule this town, this world. Yeah. I mean, you will because this is only – this is 2068. That's only 50 years away. So your your future's your future's looking bright, Joey. Hey, you do have a whole city. Oh, man. I'm going to be so old. Just shoot a bunch of medicine in, in your guts. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I've ever, I'm going to start inventing that this week. <laughs> And that's how Joey dies. <laughs> yeah. That city is Joey City, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're the president of Joey City. That's probably, probably. Why, that's probably why they name it that, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 What did you do, Kevin? That's so great. Over in Kevin City? Yeah. Uh I make I made Taco Thursdays in addition to Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. That's way better. They loved it. Yeah. People loved it. That's really good. Well yeah, so Judge Shred is in Mega City One and he's just making sure the city is is safe. Uh, but the biggest threat to that safety comes from Dredd's arch enemy. And what I think is maybe the coolest character in the Dread world, it's another judge. Fudge Dread. <laughs> Close. It's another judge named Judge Death. Cool. And Judge Death's real name is Sidney Dioth. D-E apostrophe A-T-H. Dioth. Dioth. 
And, Dad. <laughs> and his, his presence in the story is part of kind of a different element of this world that we haven't really talked about yet. For the most part, this world is dark, but it's pretty believable. Like it's a it's a, a convincing vision of the future, you know, overpopulation and corrupt politicians and nuclear war and stuff. None of that is too ridiculous. But there's another side of the Judge Dredd stories, a supernatural side. In addition to street judges that fight crime, there's another division known as the Psy Division, PSI. And the Psy judges are judges with psychic abilities that are in charge of fighting supernatural threats. Because in addition to gang violence and extortion and corruption, there's also supernatural and occult forces that threaten the megacity. And Sidney Dioth is definitely one of those forces. He's actually from a different dimension's Earth. He's kind of a bad apple. He's basically a psychopath from birth. His father was a serial killer dentist that would kill his patients. So he's just kind of raised around death. And he ends up killing a group of bullies that are tormenting him at school. And with that, Sidney gets a taste for murder. So the whole time that he's growing up, he's looking for a way that he can kill some more. And he ends up joining this dimension's version of the judges, which apparently don't have nearly as strict of a background check as uh, as our Earth does, because he makes it on. He becomes a judge, uh, really only so he can legally kill people. So he sentences pretty much every criminal he sees to death just so he can get the thrill of shooting them. It's like Dexter. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And because of that, he earns the nickname Judge Death. One day on the streets, he meets a pair of women known as the Sisters. And the Sisters are basically witches. Their names are Nausea and Phobia. And like Sydney, they love murder. They're hiding out in a cave after killing and eating some people, and Sydney is on the case to go find them and execute them. But when he finds them, he doesn't shoot them. He falls in love with them instead because they have a lot in common. They're both just terrible, violent people. So Sydney starts hanging out with them, and the sisters suggest that maybe Sydney should let them perform a ritual on him that'll make it easier for him to enjoy his hobby of murdering people. And at first, Sydney is a little reluctant, but eventually he agrees. And what the sisters do to him is pretty wild. They sever his soul from his body, making him a ghost. And then they take his physical body and they turn it into this gross, superhumanly strong cadaver. So his skin turns all rotten, and his body gets all skeletal. And the meat around his fingers atrophies and pulls back. So he's got these like sharp claws as fingertips. And his lips pull back and rot. So he just has this big toothy smile that show a bunch of rotting teeth. His face is covered by the judge helmet, which covers everything except for like his lower jaw and his mouth. So all you see are these big teeth coming out of the helmet. That's crazy. Is that what a lich is? I think it is, right? Is that what a lich is? I think so. Yeah, he's basically a lich. Powerful soul. Yeah. And he's terrifying. He's uh, still a judge, but he's he's known as a dark judge. So now he's he's truly become Judge Death. And the ritual has also made him way more violent and pretty insane. And he's just bent on killing. In his mind, he justifies a new approach to his job as judge. If he's supposed to fight crime, then he should kill all criminals. That will stop crime. And all criminals have one thing in common. It's that they're living creatures. They're alive. So therefore, why don't you just make living a crime punishable by death? And that'll take care of all crime forever. There's one other thing that all criminals have in common. What's that? And that's they are criminals. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't. I think that's probably distinguishing enough. We could have stopped there. I don't think we had to go into the they they live and breathe, <laughs> so they should stop doing that. I mean, it's a good way to ensure that no crime happens, though, right? I guess yes. If there's nothing to commit crime on or to commit crime, then we've stopped crime. <laughs> it's foolproof, really. I think we can all agree it's a it's a rational approach. Uh. <laughs> so. <laughs> He actually ends up recruiting a couple others. There's three other judges that join him, and the sisters turn them all crazy, too. There's um, Judge Fire, who's a skeleton that's just immersed in fire, so he can shoot out flames. Um, There's Judge Fear, who keeps an iron helmet over his head, and he takes the helmet off when he's around criminals, and the criminals look into his face, and they die from fear. Wow. And they never really show what his face looks like, but it's so fucked up that it kills people just by looking at him. Uh, except for Dredd. Dredd actually looks into his face and he just punches him. So that's great. That's, Dredd's the best. <laughs> what a bad yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's Judge Mortis, who is uh, perpetually decaying. And if he touches people, they decay too. So there's they're basically four horsemen of the apocalypse, more or less. And they just sweep across this dimension's earth and kill everybody. No one can stop them. And when that happens, they've met their goal, right? They've successfully completed their mission. But then something unfortunate happens. An alien race arrives on Earth with the technology to move between dimensions. And Judge Death kills them, of course, because they're alive and therefore breaking the law. But they leave behind their technology. So now Judge Death and the Dark Judges know there are other dimensions with other Earths just full of life and full of criminals to kill. And they have the technology to go there. And the first dimension they jump to is Judge Dredd's Earth. And the first target is the biggest population center they can find, Mega City One. And when that happens, one of the major themes of the Judge Dredd story is him trying to figure out a way to stop Judge Death, which is kind of a big shift away from the more grounded stories of corrupt politicians and, and street gangs. But it's kind of cool because Judge Death represents a much more existential threat to humanity. And he represents a darker side of the justice that Judge Dredd believes in so strongly. There's no resolution yet with the Judge Death story. Dredd has stopped Death from killing everyone a bunch of times, but it's basically impossible to stop Judge Death for good. He's a ghost. He can never really be killed since he's already dead. So he's always just this looming threat in the world. Man, what a hard job. He didn't sign up, yeah. he didn't up to be a cop. <laughs> like, he has to just <laughs> take on this like interdimensional ghost. Yeah. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really hard, too, because even if you destroy his physical body... His ghost can jump into somebody else's body and uh, and take him over. So Judge Death was already successful on his own planet and wiped out everything. Mm-hmm. That's gnarly. Yeah, killed everyone. Then he realized there there was time to read his books, and then his glasses fell off and broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what happens if he kills everybody on the planet, and the only things left are him and his judges? They're not technically alive. They're the souls trapped in cadavers, so uh, they're safe. They get to have their par- a party. It's a cake <laughs> party. They can just go to any oven they want and make a nice cake. Yeah. Can you imagine if you're the last people on Earth yeah. and you could just use any oven you want to bake a cake? No. <laughs> Does he kill things that aren't humans? I think he kills all life. Oh, uh, because I was thinking, like, what if there's just one caterpillar left and then you could just put him in the caterpillar body and then what's he going to do? That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, that's why you're that's why you're president of, of Joe City. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you yep. eliminate everything in the world except for one living thing, then it it can't commit crime either, right? Because it's got nothing to commit crime oh. on. Can you commit crimes on yourself? Well, I don't you think can, so. Yeah, you can you can kill yourself, and that's illegal. Yeah, isn't suicide illegal? So it, 
doing drugs is illegal. What if you do drugs? Doing drugs is doing drugs illegal because of what it's doing to you, or is it illegal because it's drugs are against the law themselves? You're not trying to get us to do drugs, are you? <laughs> Again, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> no, not this time. Do we have any comments that we want to read today? Uh, we do have a comment this week. It's from Autumn here on iTunes. Thanks, Autumn here. Uh, it's titled Story Hole, more like Glory Hole. Wait, no, don't say that. <laughs> and it's five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Autumn goes to say, Roger, Joey, and Kevin are funny, saucy, and intelligent dudes <laughs> who continue to enrich my ears with their quips and stories and tangents. This is the way I like to be educated. Butt jokes, Joey laughter, double entendres, <laughs> and making fun of Simi Valley. This podcast yeah. would even change Garfield's opinion on Mondays. Wow! <laughs> that's a, that's Man, great. That's great. Be a, that's very solid. That that's great. Uh, uh, I give it a 10 out of 10. Love you guys. Also, because you said you'd read anything in your reviews... Shart, shart. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Autumn. Shart. Like Shartnado. I don't know why you're being... Yeah. Shartnado. That's, that's terrible. You guys got to stop being so prophetic. Thanks, Autumn. Uh, you're the best. Thanks, Autumn. And for anyone who's new to this, uh, we release on Mondays. So, If you want to leave us a comment on our iTunes, we'll read it no matter what it says. No matter how terrible and hurtful the words are, we'll read it on the show. Um, Kevin, I, also, I think you have a challenge going right now, too, right? Well, okay. So I have to be the center of everything. And <laughs> I, we have this request for the, the really nasty comments. I just want some nasty comments. Mm-hmm. If you could just target that towards me specifically, <laughs> just really just really let me have it. If you would, uh-huh. uh, anybody, anybody, anybody that feels the urge, just get up there on that iTunes. Uh, the stars are appreciated, but I really just want to get I just want to be put in my place. And how about this? For a limited time, if you leave a comment that's really nasty to Kevin within the next week, yeah. I'll match that comment with my own comment oh, that's God. really mean to Kevin. <laughs> is that going to be live on air? Is that going to be on the iTunes also? It'll be live on air. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. You have to look at my face while I just really let you have it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> if you guys want to send us a suggestion or if you wanted to send us a nice little an email, you can contact us at storeholdpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can also add us on Instagram at storeholdpodcast. And Joey's been posting a lot of animations that he's been making for our episodes, and, and they're great. You should go check them out. Yeah. If you have like friends maybe that you would like to show them what we do, they're like one-minute clips of, of each episode, so they can just get a little taste. <laughs> if, you go, if you go to dot com, um, there's links to all of our all of our platforms, and uh, and that's it. We should put more stuff up there. We should put some pictures or something. Yeah, it'll last longer. <laughs> yeah, and they're worth a thousand words. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're great. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye. bye. bye.